Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sure Look, Sure Listen. 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 Very good, Benjamin, and very exciting. Look, we have a lot of things to cover today, and there's a super secret special exciting thing happening, so we better get on with it. But sure, look, we have to look at the Marvels. How many Marvels are there? Three. Also, we've seen the trailer for Talk To Me, What If A Ouija Board Was A Hand? And we've seen John Wick in the 70s, The Continental, and... The TV series Gotham 2, The Penguin's Return, I think is what that is. And we've also seen, scroll down, Ben, I can't see the, I can't see the list. <laughs> it's every podcast is someone's first podcast. That's our motto. Oh. Scroll down there. Go on. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> we've also seen, we've also seen Dracula's Revenge, The Last Voyage <laughs> of the Demeter. And we've managed to squeeze in the Lord of the Rings new video game starring Gollum, The Lord of the Rings. Gollum. Sure, listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough, and it really isn't for a weekly pop culture podcast, your obsession with yes. retro gaming has reached its peak. So we have a special guest this week, Michael. Get all the way on up out of here, please. We have Nisha O'Hare from the Press Any Button to Continue podcast on with us, who's a retro gaming expert and blows you out of the water, Michael, when it comes oh. to this kind of thing. Oh, I didn't know we were going to get personal straight away. That feels like it's a bit much. Benjamin, yeah. regular listeners to Sure Look, Sure Listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture, will remember that Nisha was one of the very first guests we had in on Shomra Bjog. He was. He barely fit. He barely <laughs> it's a tiny room. <laughs> it's a very small room and there were three of us. So it's a real pleasure for us to welcome him back. Welcome back, Nisha. Thank you very much for having me back. It's, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Nisha, since we last spoke, you mm-hmm. have launched your own podcast on the topic of retro games called yeah. Press Any Button to Continue. Would you like to tell us just a tiny little bit about that before we get started? Um, well, I do a podcast every bi-weekly, I think it is called, every two weeks with uh, another Irish streamer by the name of Keith, who streams on Twitch as Steamy Streamers, and we talk about <laughs> retro video games, nostalgia, um, and everything in between, I suppose. It gets a bit wild, we go off topic, extremely off topic for a good 40 minutes at a point, <laughs> and, uh, but we come, we come back around, we, we go full circle, and... Yeah, so it's retro video games, nostalgia, all that kind of stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Including, but not limited to, the top 10 sexiest retro video game characters. Oh, you better believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I do believe it. I believed it a bit too hard, to be honest. (laughs) A bit too hard. (laughs) I had to turn it off. It was was making me, it was bringing me out in a hot flush. Who was your number one, or who was your number one, two, three? Off the top no, of your cannot, head. I'll do a number... Okay, right, look, this isn't where I was expecting this to go straight off the bat, but I've brought this on myself, so I'll follow <laughs> through. My yeah, favourite sexy video game character from the 90s, and I won't have any back talk from anyone on this, was Princess What's-Her-Name from Earthworm Jim. Oh, yeah? That's an Not the one with the big sluggy butt. <laughs> that was, I believe, Queen Slug for a butt. Okay. But, <laughs> Look, look, we're spending our load here, Benjamin. Yeah, look, we're wasting time, Michael. We're wasting time with your strange, strange fantasies. Okay? Yeah, yeah, it's normal. It's normal fantasies. I was 11. Uh, yeah, get out of here. No way. No way. You and Queen Slug for a Butt can oh, 
Go now, right away. Get out I of here. I feel you've purposely misinterpreted what I've said there, Benny. <laughs> Speaking of purposely misinterpreting what someone has said, would you scroll back up to the top there? I can't remember what's first on the running order. You're the worst. You know you have access to the notion as well, Michael. I know, but it's a conceit we do every week where you have the list up and it's too slow and I can't... The Marvels! People are loving the Marvels, Ben. How many Ms. Marvels are there going to be? There's going to be three of them, Michael. It's right there in the thumbnail. You can see yeah. them very clearly. One, two, three. I can see them all. There's Monica, Carol and Kamala. Yeah, Monica, Carol and Kamala. This was supposed to come out in 2022. It was, Michael. It's been it's been very much delayed. Mm. Usually a good sign in films when something is supposed to come out in 2022 and then comes out at the end of 2023. Yeah, it's the classic Hollywood logic of this is going to be very good. Let's make people wait. <laughs> That's not what they do. <laughs> They're usually rewriting it. One of the biggest criticisms I've seen of this, both Ben and Nisha, and I don't know if you've seen it, is that the ostensible star of the Miss Marvel series or the Captain Marvel series, Brie Larson, Carol Danvers, is barely in this trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a lot of her, to be honest. <laughs> she seems to have been reduced to a cameo in the sequel to her own movie. Mm. Is she not one of the mm. main characters? Like, I, I watched the trailer and I thought it was great. It was fantastic music in the trailer, uh, the Beastie Boys. But Very good. She, Yeah, I, actually, now that you say it, she only kind of popped in towards the end of the trailer. She only kind of pops in and out and makes a confused face and then pops back out again. Mm. I don't think she says a full sentence in the oh, trailer. Really? Mm. I don't think she actually says anything. She nearly says, what the f... and then disappears again. But that's not even from this movie. That's from the end of the Miss Marvel TV show. Mm. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Benjamin, you'll tell us if there's been some sort of backlash. Uh, Michael, I haven't actually dipped my toe in the cesspool that is the internet for this one. Oh, <laughs> I just strength. knew it wasn't going to go. There are times in life where you know the internet's not going to take something well. Right. I really felt that the Miss Marvel trailer, given the... The, the Marvels, the Marvels. It's not Miss Marvel. The Marvels. Sorry, the Marvels trailer. Yeah. Given the vitriol that Captain Marvel got the first time, yes. probably wasn't going to be well received. Was it, though? Uh, no. No, it wasn't, Michael. <laughs> um... There are many, I lied, I dipped my toe a little bit, but there are many criticisms here, Michael. Primarily, though, fun, less misogyny than usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is more just, it doesn't look like a very good movie. Oh, so your lads aren't really out in force. No, the the misogynist that I am a noted member of, yeah. Michael. Leader, uh, I believe. Leader. Card-carrying misogynist. I, yeah. know, I don't know if you knew that, um, Nisha. No, but, I um, didn't. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's going to taint your brand now. I'm very sorry. <laughs> we've, done, we've done enough tainting of our own brand. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not hear the whole conversation, Ben, about the top 10 sexiest characters? <laughs> Hold on. We, we said top 10 video game crushes to keep it like... Nice, you know PG. what I mean? You Keep it nice I mean? and PG. Well, it wasn't PG, it was far from it, but you know, it was just sounds a bit nicer. <laughs> Very good. Um, ben, speaking yeah. of Marvel, though, did you notice that they've changed the famous Marvel sword to Sabre? Have they changed it to Sabre, Michael? What did they yeah, do that yeah. for? I don't know. Maybe because shield and sword is a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, so they made, much, the, they made the space station the Sabre space station. Sabre doesn't roll off the top. I quite liked Sword and Shield. I thought that made a lot of sense. It's a little bit on the nose, though, isn't it? It's a little bit. It's a little bit precise. It's a little. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a little bit. It's a little bit too. A little bit too. You know, obvious. 
yeah, yeah. Look, we'll see it as we are contractually obliged to do. Mm. The cat's back, though. The cat is back. I thought he was dead. What's the yeah. lifespan on those fellas? The wee, the wee monster cat's back. And we the see wee- it in the trailer this time. They're just like, look, the Cthulhu cat is back. He's back and he's going to eat literally anybody. And there's a whole gang of kittens. Yeah, that's that is very worrying. I don't like the idea of a universe filled with those things running around. Mm, very scary. Almost mm. as scary as the concept of a Ouija board that's a hand. <laughs> yes, Michael. So what we got this week was the trailer for Talk To Me. And um, Talk To Me is a bit of a, a sensation here, Michael. This is um, this is an indie darling. Oh, go on. Yeah, set in Australia. Oh, is that why there was an evil blood kangaroo? Yeah, there's an evil blood kangaroo, Michael, because it's in Australia. <laughs> oh, it's in Australia. Look at this a flaming evil blood kangaroo, mate. That, uh, yeah, we're just going to leave the accents to me, um, Michael. <laughs> oh, that's, that was that's you. Right. That was Ben, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. trying to trick you. He's trying to trick you <laughs> because there's three voices this week. So, uh, Michael Anisha, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the A24 model of business. Do, do you know how it works? No. Oh, well, why don't you, why don't you enlighten us there, mate? <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, what happens is A- A24 actually spends its time um, trawling the various um, film festivals and kind of launches of films and things like that. And basically what they do is once a film is made, they choose to back it as a distribution model. Oh, I thought that was Shudder. Uh, Shudder does that as well. Oh, very good. Okay. It is arguably more successful for A24 than than it is even for Shudder. Shudder does very well with that model. But this is why they have so many hits, Michael, is because they only see the films when they're finished and go, that's very good, isn't it? Just, we're going we're gonna to back that. We'll make money that's on a, that. That's actually yeah. a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, it works really well. <laughs> Marvel should have done that. Mar- Marvel should have done anything except what they're doing at the minute, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, take funny. that, Marvel. You're going down a peg, Ben. I know. With multi-billion dollar company Marvel is quaking in their boots. But what we get in this one, Michael, is, and you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, it's a Ouija board. It's a hand. It's a Ouija board that's a hand. I saw it and I said, why didn't they just call this Ouija board hand? Because <laughs> it's been played out, Michael. It's been done. Yeah, yeah. It's been done. Yeah. We've dealt with that. Um. So there's there's quite a there's quite a touching story at the heart of this. Um, the main character of the trailer, Michael, has lost their mother. Oh yeah, yeah, which is very sad. And um, the driving force behind this film is that kids in Australia have found a hand that allows them to contact the other side. Yeah, it's a Ouija board. Yeah. Now, Michael, you and I both know from extensive experience using our own Ouija board hand that we shouldn't be talking to the other side. It's not a good idea. Did you know that because Nisha is so focused on retro gaming, he actually for many years thought it was called a Luigi board. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah. And it, all of the not? ghosts would answer. <laughs> no, no, you were telling me this earlier, Nisha. You were saying all the ghosts would answer back in cod Italian accents. I go, it's a me, a ghost. Jesus. This is a Luigi board. I've been storing that up all day, that joke. That's actually like, uh, I'm surprised nobody has made a Luigi board. <laughs> that would be great. It's, it's great definitely idea. out there somewhere. That would be great. Ben, market it. Quickly, get it out there <laughs> quickly, before, yeah, quickly. before Nintendo sue us. Make a GIF. Um, so uh, what, what this is, Michael, is a bit of a success story for the people that made the film. There's a lovely um, kind of behind-the-scenes reel of them all finding out that A24 has bought it, and they're all very excited and very happy because, like, this is the dream of, like, a tiny independent film is to be picked up by A24 and distributed worldwide. Can I give you a, I give you a weird take on this trailer? Go on. I have 
very rarely been as excited about a horror film for a, a kind of a weird reason. Go on. And the weird reason is, this is so boilerplate looking. This is just modern Australians doing a Ouija board, but it's a hand. Yeah. And the fact that it's so bare bones and standard horror, but yet it's being promoted so heavily, it must be pretty good. I I think, Michael, we're probably in for quite a treat because what we're... What we're looking at is kind of a classic demon possession um, or other side trying to get through and possess people kind of gig. But it looks like it's pulling out all the stops on the classic ones. Like there's at one point she's got the big black eyes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. She's got a she's got a creepy little voice that says, oh, they like you. That's, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a kangaroo. There's a ghost kangaroo like in every horror film. Michael, nothing classically, Michael, established in The Exorcist from 1972. (laughs) Um, Notably, that is the point where most people had their heart attacks was when the little baby demon kangaroo came on and said, watcha. And then everybody went, oh, my heart. Oh, Jesus. I have in my notes for this uh, ad, literally the the one point I have for this this, uh, trailer is there was a kangaroo in it. There was. <laughs> there was that's, definitely that's a kangaroo. Very important. <laughs> My notes say haunted boomerang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> possessed didgeridoo. You never know what's going to come out of this. But you know, do you know what's interesting? Do you know what's interesting about the, the, the movie itself being bought by a, a distribution company? It's the same as an independent music artist recording an album at home and sending out demos, say, to a record company and getting signed by a record label. It's... The exact, well, it seems to me like it's the same kind of contrast. Now, obviously, making a movie, there's an awful lot more time and effort than people. You'd imagine that go into it than recording an album, but similar kind, similar kind of thing in my head anyway. Um, Se- seems to be horror is the genre that your best chance of getting that, getting away with that is. Oh, really? Yeah. It seems to be, it seems to be like horror gets bought and distributed and you can, you could throw together a horror on a, like a smallish, like we're talking two or three million, which is not small money to any normal person, but a smallish budget. Mm. And there's a decent chance, you have a much better chance of getting a a three million euro horror film picked up than a three million euro um, John Wick film or a three million Mm. euro superhero film. Or there's something about horror that if you just get it right, it can be done fairly cheap and still Mm. make it into cinemas and and scare the bejesus out of people. Good point. Scare the little uh, scare the little corks off of people's hats. Yeah, very important. <laughs> I'm glad that we've expanded our racism from regular racism <laughs> to now just hitting niche, strange little things like cork hats on Australians. Got them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got them. Speaking of niche, strange little things, weren't you saying the other day, Benjamin, that all you wanted to know about the John Wick universe was what was going on in that hotel in the 70s? That's all I've ever wanted to know, Michael. That's what I think of any building I pass. Any building I go past, I go, I wonder what was happening in that building in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all I think. Oris and Uchtaron. I just want to know what was happening in the 70s. In the 70s in Oris and Uchtaron, probably yeah. everyone was smoking. Bloody Weston Hotel. What was going on in that building? I'd say everyone was probably 70s. smoking in there as well. Everyone was smoking indoors in the 70s. You don't see that in films as much anymore, but everyone was smoking inside in the 70s, Ben. Yeah, that was pretty much the answer, Michael. <laughs> Smoking. And that was when I kind of lost my love of wondering what buildings were doing in the 70s. <laughs> Speaking of, Nisha, great soundtracks. This is mm-hmm. a classic. This is a banger of a soundtrack on this trailer. The Continental. 
Yeah. What, hold on. I have, have it in my notes. Uh, for the Continental, the music was great, as well as the Marvels. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. It was, uh, it was I Feel Love by Donna Summer, wasn't it? Oh, nice. Without, it was. Without, it was, and the classic Giorgio Moroder song, Ben, you're one of your favourites. You can't, you can't beat a bit of Donna Summer, Michael. When I hear Donna Summer in a trailer, I'm, I'm in. Are you? Yeah, sold. What are you in about with people wearing kind of bottom half of their faces with a mask, but they've got lipstick? I, I enjoy that kind of thing, Michael. If, if anything, the, the other thing that I think when I pass buildings is, I hope people were wearing strange masks with lipstick on the bottom of their faces in the 70s in that building. You've actually said that to me. I have <laughs> several times. Several what, times. What, what, I asked you about your house. If yeah, you, were, you did. If you were um, yeah, because my house was a weird brothel in the 70s. But that is not what we're talking about. Wait, hold about on, today. hold on, hold on. You can't just brush past that now, Mick. Hold the phone. <laughs> what is it? Look, there's rumours. There's rumours. There's rumours. Oh, it's yeah? probably, it's unprovable. It's unprovable. Where'd the rumours um, come from, though? Hold on, now, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Keep probing. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the truth eventually. Who owned it? Um, what was I saying? This is this goes back to what we were saying, Ben, a few weeks ago when we talked about the first John Wick movie and mm. how the first John Wick movie seemed to be set, relatively speaking, in the real world. Yes. And then the later movies got madder and madder and madder. Yeah, everyone's assassins, Michael. Every Literally everyone is assassins. Yeah. But this now seems to be retconning that to everyone has always been assassins since at least the 70s. If, if, if not that, Michael, then everybody has a gun and some kind of death wish. And some sort of special skills. Yes, everybody's got a special skill, Michael. And a unique costume. Michael, it must be exhausting in that world. You must, <laughs> once, once you enter the assassin world, you must just spend your life going, are you, are you a fucking assassin? Yeah. Are you? I bet you are. You'd never like, relax. Never again. Who, who's doing podcasts, for example? Are people like, do you want to record the podcast on Sunday? It's like, oh, I have a bit of assassinin to do. Yeah, and I'm, then, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. After, after I'm done assassinin, we'll, we'll do the podcast. I'm like, grad, yeah, if you don't get killed. What did you do at the weekend? I can't speak about it. Can't, uh, can't talk about it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You look a little bit bloodied. I was like, I went after Baba Yaga and I knew I shouldn't have, but... Uh, oh. It was 24 million. I'm Grant. <laughs> I got hit by a car three times. Well, I'm Grant. The inflation in that universe's economy must be fucking outrageous because everyone's going after the million dollar contract. So everybody's just walking around with a lot of gold Krugerrands in their pockets, Michael. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just untenable. Just untenable. This, this is a prequel series to The Continental, obviously, from the title. But again, it begs the question, I don't know if The Continental was the biggest question people had. Go on. Um, it it's it seems to be, and I'm 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 putting my money on this, Michael. And given given the spanking, Nisha, this week the internet has <laughs> come at me um, because a month ago, oh, really? the internet hates you, Ben. <laughs> the internet hates me this Elaborate. week. A month ago, I made a trailer prediction for the TV series on Netflix, Beef. Oh yeah, with Stephen Yeun and Ali Wong. And I swear to God, no one on the internet has ever heard of a trailer reaction. Because this week, everybody has come to me and said in the comments of the the short for that, they're like, you were wrong. You fucked that up. You were wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but this was a month ago. (laughs) 
And all I've gotten is people saying, you didn't watch the series. And I was like, no, because it wasn't out a month ago when I made the trailer prediction. So I'm going to do it again now, Nisha. I'm going to put my ass on the line. And I'm going to say, I think this is a little anthology series Hmm. about the Continental. Oh. I think this is going to be vignettes. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like a um, a kind of Twilight Zone, but about assassins. Yeah, a little bit like that. I think we get. I think we got a glimpse. Did we get a DH Donnie Yen? Was he? Was he in there? Oh, I didn't notice. Did you I notice? Think there was a, I didn't. I didn't. I think there's a little DH Donnie Yen in there. Um, so I, I think we're probably just going to get a few little, a few little tales from the continental, if you will, Michael. Um, okay. I don't know if we're necessarily going to get the arc of. I'd say we're going to learn how Winston got the hotel. I'd say we're going to get... I think we might get to learn where the rule of no business in the Continental came from. Mm. Because um, it looks like there's a bit of chaos in the Continental. And then I'm not sure what else we're going to see. But those are my bets, Michael. And if the internet is listening to this, come at me. Yeah. Come well, at me. If the internet is listening to this in about six months' time and you've already seen the show and Ben was completely wrong, just lay into him. Lay yeah. into him. Yeah. It's a real weakness. It's a real weak spot for him. You'll take. You'll, you can really chip away at his ego, just bit by bit. So please feel free. Just absolutely lay into him. <laughs> and uh, Tales from the Continental, I think, is a far better name than the Continental from the world oh, that's of. John very Wick. kind of Unisha. Uh, Tales of the Con- from the Continental is. It's a pretty good name. The Continental <laughs> just sounds like a hotel, doesn't it? A like, there's nothing about the, the name The Continental that would drag me in. And I've seen the first three John Wick movies and loved them. But the name, but Tales from the Continental, that just has a little bit of a, a lasso on it that just gets you, you know what I mean? A little bit of intrigue. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm probably going to snip that into a short this week, Nisha, and tag you in it. <laughs> like, Look, I am good at my job. And yeah. then I'm going to, again, taunt the internet into coming for me. It's, it's going it. to be a whole thing. Do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of people who are taunting people into coming for them, <laughs> the Penguin is back, yeah. and I've already seen this story in Gotham, but it's back, and now it's Colin Farrell. Yeah, Michael, this is this is the greatest. So Warner Brothers had a massive conference at the weekend, Did um, they? and they made a series of uh, announcements at this conference. Right, go on. Um, the the primary two that have kind of come out of it, Michael, are they're rebranding HBO Max to Just Max. Just Max, that's what it's called. It's, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's Max without any HBO as opposed to Just Max. Okay, um, Just Max, great. The other major announcement that they made, Michael, is that they're going to be making seven seasons of a Harry Potter reboot oh, of yeah. television. Yeah. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah, seven seasons of a Harry Potter reboot and... Um, with each season being one of the books. That sounds, I think, like a great idea. Uh, yes, Mike. Now, this is going to get us in trouble with the internet. I don't know how it sounds, Michael. I don't particularly care. I'm not particularly invested in the Harry Potter cinematic universe. Ooh. Nisha got a bit of a shudder there when you said that. <laughs> go on. Go oh, on. And I, I, I just, I love the Harry Potter movies. I've never read the books, um, but the movies themselves, I feel, are great. Like... Christmas time movies, they're nice. Uh, yeah, just really, and it's like it's a comfort film for me. The, the Harry Potter movies, and uh, yeah. I like the way the characters have aged throughout it. And again, I have no comparison to the books, so I'm not hypercritical of the movies themselves. I just take them for what they are as a, a story of witches and wizards and all kind of mad stuff. So, 
but they're, I think they're fantastic films. Well, mm. the good news, Anisha, is you might be getting seven seasons Sounds of fantastic. Witches and Wizards and Madness. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope they set it in modern days and every second episode is about social media bullying by witches. <laughs> That's what I've always wanted, Michael. That's what I felt has always been lacking is a very strong SJW message underneath. In fairness, I'm making this joke, but J.K. Rowling is almost certainly not an SJW. She is the exact opposite of that in one form I, or another. I don't know if she's the exact opposite, Ben. That would be one of your lads. But look, <laughs> we're supposed to be talking about the Penguin here. Why Sorry. are we talking about uh, J.K. One Rowling? One of the other announcements that they made, Michael, and obviously, um, I have never seen an in-production trailer for a series. Oh, they're I, always doing it. They don't usually call it that. Yeah, but, but, but I've, I've never time. seen a, a, a making of, we're making this thing. Here's kind of a half trailer, a half look at the cameras and the smoky atmosphere behind it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're getting, we're getting Colin Farrell's Penguin again, Michael. Hmm. He doesn't and, seem like he's going to be called the Penguin. Um, no, he doesn't like it, you see. He's not a fan of the name, Michael, if you recall from the film. Go on. He's, uh, he gets a bit annoyed when people call him the Penguin because he's suffering from several deformities, Michael, and some injuries by the looks of it. And he can't really help the way he looks, Michael. All right, calm down, Ben. Yeah, so he gets a bit offended. I get a bit offended on his behalf, right? You oh, leave Colin good. Farrell alone. <laughs> leave Colin Farrell alone. He can't Hashtag. do anything about his looks. Hashtag, yeah, leave noted handsome man Colin Farrell alone. He can't Poor do anything about Colin his looks. Colin Farrell. Poor old Colin, Colin Farrell, saddled with his looks and his deformities. <laughs> anyway, look, they've already done this. It was called Gotham. I don't see why we're getting another fleckin'. Ben! Yeah. I've decided to curtail that rant because I've just remembered that the show Pennyworth exists. The show and- Pennyworth exists for no reason. <laughs> it does for no reason. And it's a prequel to Batman's Butler and also a prequel to V for Vendetta. And I just have to bring that up anytime we talk about this. Uh, are Batman and V for Vendetta in the same universe? They are in the Pennyworth prequel series. No, this is about <laughs> Alfred, isn't it? They pretty much are. It's about Alfred's dad. Oh, really? Yeah. It's called Pennyworth, and this is not a joke. It's called Pennyworth, the origin story of Batman's butler. <laughs> and it's a prequel. This is a real series that's this been is, going this for like all five real. years. There's, there's not this a word is, of is a lie. Is that the actual uh, title, though? The that's f- what it's called. <laughs> I have never met someone who's seen a single episode of it, but it's definitely real. And that's what it's called. And it's a prequel series to both Batman and V for Vendetta. No it's mental. How do they tie it's in mad. V for Vendetta, though? Nisha, I have not a clue. I haven't oh, yes. seen a single episode of it. <laughs> Nobody has, Nisha. Nobody, Nobody has. has. I think it's one of those Mandela effects, but it's just, this is a show that exists from a different universe that somehow crept over into our universe. It's mad. It's bizarre. Um, Anyway, yeah, I care much more about that than I do about the Penguin. I'm almost certain, Michael, that uh, one of the notes that Colin Farrell was given for this was, tone the accent down there, Colin. Will you just just ease off on the the heavy Brooklyn accent for me. Because it's definitely a toned-down version of the one we got in Matt Reeves' Batman. He had a proper Irish twang that in the advert. I noticed that as well with his accent. Yeah. It definitely, yeah, he you, really you could did. pick up on the, the Irish undertones of his accent. So yeah. I totally agree with you that there is something to do with his accent has changed. Yeah, mm, I think it's after he did. I think it's after he did Bloody Banshees of Inish Air and he just couldn't shake it. <laughs> couldn't shift it. Probably, probably Paddy Wackery Irish. <laughs> Like um, like how famously Michael Fassbender got stuck in Irish for that scene in um, X-Men First Class on the beach. Oh, yeah. Take him to the water. My fellow <laughs> mutants, take them into the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like hell, Michael. How, how did that get left in there, I wonder? 
I, I think it's so Irish. We had, water. We had this conversation the other day, um, Nisha, off air. We forgot to actually record it. But we were talking about Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. And how Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves famously got lashed out of it for his horrible accent. Oh, right. Because Keanu Reeves is a Californian and he was doing a Victorian London accent. And it was a disaster. <laughs> but I watched the whole film and it didn't bother me. Mm. Because I am neither... American nor British so the the being a bad British accent didn't bother me mm-hmm. and hearing the American poking through didn't bother me mm-hmm. yeah but I cannot watch Far and Away where Tom Cruise <laughs> does a bad Irish accent oh I have to turn it off straight away so I think that it was probably just that there was nobody else Irish on set that day who yeah. had said Mickey you're a your Irishness is showing yeah, yeah. there a little bit. <laughs> so no one, I, I think no one heard it because he he's not doing a specific American accent in those movies. Mm. So there wasn't like a Bostonian who could say, your Bostonian's a bit off there. Yeah. You sound a little Australian. <laughs> um, anyway, look, never mind. We're, we're off topic. Um, anyway, speaking of um, the water... The last... Oh, that's one of the worst segues I've ever done. That's the one of the last, worst segues you've ever done. <laughs> There's a new film come out. It's called Oh No, Dracula's on the Boat. It's called The Last Voyage <laughs> of the Demeter. They, they, the first one's a way better name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it might be called Oh No, Dracula's on the Boat. Um, yeah. So, Michael, what we've got... Again, it's the story nobody asked for, Michael. Mm. Where it's like... Uh, you know, you know Dracula. Yeah, you know the way yeah. he was terrible in Romania. Yeah, you know the way he was really, really shocking in London, and we got a lot of details on that. Yeah, do you ever yeah. wonder how he got to London and what happened on that boat? Oh yeah, what did happen going on that boat? Isn't this the story of the film Michael Morbius? Yeah, it's, it's just it's just Morbin time again, Michael. <laughs> but Victorian Morbin time. Victorian Morbin time. Vic Morbin time. You one of your favorite actors, David Tasmalchian, is in it. He is. He's popped up in this for some reason, Michael, as some kind of deck hand. Yeah, and um, your your favorite actor of all time, Liam Cunningham. I love Liam Cunningham. I feel like he might he might he might be stingy on a round of pints, but I I think he's all right. <laughs> I like Liam Cunningham. I Why like do Liam you Cunningham. Think Liam Cunningham would be stingy on a round of pints. I think he'd be so charming, Michael. You'd forget, and then he'd leave, and you go, "Fucker didn't buy a round. <laughs> I got him like six. I got him like six pints." Um, the Liam Cunningham stands are going to come for me now. He's like, yeah, yeah. Liam would absolutely buy a round. Liam would absolutely buy a round. Um, but Michael, this is a very slick trailer. It's very slick, isn't it? It's very exciting seeing Dracula on the boat. Now, my biggest problem with this is, it seems like, like, it seems like we already know how this is going to end. Everybody's going to die, Michael. Everyone's going to die and he's going to get to London. Like this, the, the ending to this is the most obvious ending since the film Titanic. Yeah. It's the most en- obvious ending for a boat film since the film Titanic. Yes, it has to go down, Michael. It has to go down. And in this, yeah. Dracula has to kill them all and get to London. That's how it works, Michael. Famously, in the novel, the boat arrives with everybody missing. That's, that's what happens. It kind of glides into port. And then there's about two people left alive, I think, okay. on the boat. And they never figure out what's happening on the boat. They just report strange things happening at night and yada, yada, yada. And this has given us a very stark kind of 
horror look at this. Michael, one of the things I absolutely loved, and I'm not going to mimic it because it will cause havoc with the mic, but the way they sync up the knock on the boat as all is well, you know, the, mm. the kind of old maritime thing. What a way to bring a beat into your trailer and keep your cuts steady. Ah, I, I was so in love with the editing of this trailer. I was just like, this is fucking slick. What what I thought was a very brave move in this trailer was they, from the beginning of a trailer, put a dog in peril. Michael, if something happens to that fucking dog, I, I will riot. <laughs> I think he gets killed in the trailer, Ben. I'll never bite Liam Cunningham a pint again. <laughs> I'll do it. I won't do it. Um, he better not. It better be a... It better be a a get you in your seats jump scare and like the little cabin boy comes along and distracts Dracula for a sec it better be if that dog fucking dies I'll have a fit and then the little cabin boy gets killed but that's grand that's fine <laughs> that's do grand. away with as many cabin boys as you feel is necessary for your plot but if you touch a hair on that dog's head I will fucking riot <laughs> anyway look we, we haven't seen Renfield we forgot to see Renfield we forgot to see Renfield we forgot we just forgot we watched Renfield a busy weekend Exactly. <laughs> See? <laughs> uh, Renfield is the latest offering from Nicolas Cage where he plays a form of Dracula. That, uh, oh, anything Nicolas Cage, I'm on board. Pun intended. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about boats. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage on a boat being a Dracula and Nicholas Holt, who's quite famous oh, and popular yeah. now. And, but uh, it's, it's bombing at the box office. It's absolutely getting annihilated. Oh, really? By, um, yeah, it's absolutely getting shit mixed by um, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh yeah. Um, despite despite not really being aimed at the same um, audience. Yeah, totally different. You'll be happy to know though, Nisha, that the one highlight of all of it, yeah. of many of the reviews is Nicolas Cage is actually great. Oh, um, <laughs> it's just the rest of the film that kind of falls apart around him. Nicolas Cage is my favourite actor, sorry. As he should be, he is, Nisha. Uh, as he absolutely. should be. Even, even the terrible like Ghost Rider I fucking my like I am notorious amongst my group of friends for hating or for loving terrible movies and Ghost Rider Drive Angry have you ever seen Drive Angry oh Drive Angry where he plays a weird form of Paradise Lost author John Milton oh, so what the good. fuck is that it's film it's so fucking good <laughs> it's so good but it's so bizarre yeah so yeah. Michael have you seen Drive Angry I have seen Drive Angry, but the the weirdest thing that you put me on to, the two, we went through a bit of a Nick Cage renaissance last year. We went to see Pig in the cinema. I think we were the only people in Ireland who saw Pig. (laughs) You made me watch Mandy, and I still wake up sweating sometimes from watching Mandy. (laughs) Mandy's fucking great. And then then we watched that weird Five Nights at Freddy knockoff that he did. Yeah, that was weird. That's getting a sequel. He doesn't say a single word in the entire film. What? Wait, what's this? What's this movie? How? I haven't seen this one. What was uh, that called? Ben? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's a. It's so. It's basically. This, it's five night. Five nights at Freddy's. The the video game. Right. Where you where you the people have to survive a night in an animatronic hell house. Yeah. But Nicolas Cage is in it as a weird kind of mute loner. Mm. He's Bud. Who's He's and he's like an unstoppable killing machine, and it kind of becomes a horror mm. for the animatronics getting killed by Nicolas Cage. Right. Yeah, mm. so it's called Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. That's what it's. I've called. never even heard of it. That's crazy. I'm gonna have to watch that. It, I'm gonna. He uh, doesn't gonna write speak, Nisha. He doesn't speak. He doesn't speak. He got paid up. to just be in the I film. Just look at Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to write it down, Nisha, because we actually do publish this online. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can just listen it's back a, and give us the list. Uh, every I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> there's, there's no stop um, here. But yeah, um, I'm glad we had a little segue into why Nicolas Cage is the best actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And no one has seen Renfield, sadly. <laughs> no us. one's seen Renfield, sadly. I'll go and watch it and then I'll just I'll, I'll just put my fingers in my ears when Nicolas Cage isn't on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just put your fingers in his ears when he's talking and you can think it's a sequel to Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland, yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. Was that the real Andy Serkis in the Gollum video game? No, it's not him, Michael, which is first strike. Strike number one, Michael. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you'll know that we don't talk about video games very often. But I felt, because I was forced to watch this trailer during the week, because it pops up when I'm doing the weekly roundup of trailers to try and find things for us to talk about on this here podcast. Mm. And I said to myself, Nisha likes video games. So we'll talk about this bizarre game. That's coming out. Benjamin, Nisha hasn't played a video game that's newer than 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd know how. There'd be too many buttons. Yeah, it's not the retro dream. It's not the simple days of retro gaming. But anyway. anyway. I was kind of letting Nisha get a, lo- oh, a line in there, Ben. I, was, I wasn't expecting you to answer. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I did. I watched this trailer, okay? And I did know. I noticed that it wasn't uh, Andy Serkis. And but really, I thought it was him. Did you? Well, uh, sorry. When I was listening to it, I jumped out at me that he he didn't sound like Gollum to me. Okay, uh, but the game itself looks very cool. I and I have in my notes <laughs> anything with the Lord of the Rings, and I'm in. <laughs> okay, I, cool. I liked now. I don't know what your opinion was on uh, the Rings of Power, and I know don't you don't want to sidetrack it too much, but I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good show. Again, I'm not hypercritical of TV or movies, but I thought it was a fun watch and a good addition to the Lord of the Rings series. But I believe it was... You don't have to worry about being hypercritical, Nisha. We're hypercritical. Grand, you can be nice. But can one, can, you, can I, you tell me what you thought, though? I watched every episode of it, and I think at the time I said I thought it was quite a good show, yeah. but not great Lord of the Rings. Right. So I can understand what Lord of the Rings fans didn't like mm-hmm. about it. But it was one of the very few shows of last year. Or oh, was it this year? No, it was last year. It was one of the very few shows of last year which I watched every episode of the day it came yeah, out. Yeah, me too. And say what you will about me and what that says about me. And maybe I'm not a true Tolkien fan. But I actually did enjoy it as a show. But yeah, in, in terms of the world building of the Lord of the Rings and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, I can I, I can see what pissed people off about yeah. it. And, you know. The old little Irish fella's going, oh, we'd have to find some potatoes or else we're all going to die. <laughs> you know, that always that always gets my goat a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, I thought it wasn't bad. And uh, I, I think about this, about this game, though. This is, this feels like a trailer for the concept of a Gollum game. Because I don't know what this game is going to be. What's the game? Yeah, so it, it's it looks to be... A sneak around game. I think it's probably going to be a stealth heavy. <laughs> yeah, a sneak around game. That's the name of the genre, Ben. Yeah, a sneak around game. That's what it's yeah. called, Michael. Yeah, a yeah. sneak around game. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be a stealth based game where you have to be a sneaky little golem running around, getting out of scrapes involving the one ring and kind of just passing levels in a classic kind of... Did you see me? No, you didn't, because I've upgraded my abilities to throw rocks over there so the guards go that way. And then oh. you can make little stealth kills with a little golem knife and stuff like that. I reckon that's what we're going to get. 
little rock or a little strangulation with his little wiry fingers. His little wiry fingers. Ah. And what would be one of your favourite uh, sneak around games, Ben, in the sneak um, around well, game genre? The, the classic for me, Michael, is uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. The oh, okay. stealth missions in that are an absolute gem. Um, but I used to play a game that was very, very, very similar to this. I cannot remember the name of it. But you used to play um, a little goblin in a kind of fantasy medieval setting. Um, and you would sneak around and assassinate people um, in this tower in a medieval game. And it was in a big, giant fortress. And it was a spin-off of another fantasy game. I cannot remember what the name of it is. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up and I'll try and figure out what it was. But it used to be a great little game, Michael. That is going to ruin my night. You have ruined my night now. What I ruined your night? I, I was kind of hoping that you were just going to say something absurd or funny, but you've just described a game which I personally don't believe exists. It's called Sticks, and- Master of Shadows. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, it's real. What console it's was real. it um, It was on, I think I played it on PS4. Oh. Um, here, I'll show Hold it on, to you. But that's, I'll, I'll, uh, that's, that's do a little share valid. there, just so we're all clear that I'm not lying. Because <laughs> that would be, be good. I, I would prefer Anisha not to think of me as a knave and a liar. <laughs> I think this, uh, does this video game come from the same dimension as Pennyworth, the origin story of Batman's butler? <laughs> yeah, it's another Mandela effect. There it is. Okay. Oh, Sticks, Master that. of Shadows. Look at that, it's real. Yeah. When did that come out? Um, oh, this is years old. I think it was like... Benjamin, you are really confusing my brain because you keep saying years old, but then you also said PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, but that's years old. PlayStation as as 4 concerned. came out in like 2015? As far as I'm concerned, PlayStation 4 is current. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think of that. I think of the PS4 as current as well. Ah, I got you. Okay, right. Well, you have but me. I'm old. But you used to play as this fella, Sticks, and um, he was a uh, he was a little goblin assassin, and he'd run around and he had all kinds of little tricks and potions. And the whole point of the game was stealth. It, in fact, it wouldn't surprise me if the upcoming Gollum game is just a reskinned version of Sticks, Master of Shadows. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of what is the meaning of retro video in video gaming, anyway? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be a good time to do a segue to our very special guest? Yes, Nisha O'Hare of the Press Any Button to Continue podcast. Hello. Hello, hello. Yeah, How's it going? It. <laughs> Nisha, what to you is retro gaming? <clears throat> what is, what is, what's the definition of retro gaming? Because Ben has genuinely upset me with this talking about a game right. from less than 10 years ago. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I, think, I think the definition of it, right, is anything that um, has been discontinued from a console that has been discontinued. Right, ah. so I think mm. that's the definition. Now, to me, retro goes up to the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox original. That's kind of what I'd consider to be retro. And I know they're they're kind of newer, but I'm, and I'm also I'm on, I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to question my very existence by being on the fence of is the Nintendo Wii retro. Oh. Now, look at, I know they're incredibly new consoles, but the more I think about it, like, the Nintendo Wii, as uh, Keith, the co-host of my podcast, says, it's basically the Wii is just a GameCube with a sensor bar on it, which right. it, <laughs> okay. I think is a very good point, because it literally is, it has Wii port, con- or uh, controller ports, you can, or GameCube port, controller ports, um, and it's basically... That's what it is. So, 
I'm kind of on the fence, but I am really starting to question if I'm even alive. <laughs> By thinking that the <laughs> Wii is retro. <laughs> if you put a Wii in front of me, Nisha, I would say, what is this new fangled <laughs> <Yeah>. monstrosity? <laughs> He genuinely would. I think they did it once as a joke. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I still don't get it. The Wii is the white one, isn't yes. it? The white one. Yeah. The, funny the one after the GameCube. After the GameCube. But, uh, you see, for me, for me personally, yeah. retro is defined by my lived experience. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people it is. And that's why this conversation will always cause arguments. Yeah, yeah. And retro is basically, what were the consoles that were popular when you had the most time to dedicate to gaming? Yeah, yeah. And for me, that means uh, Sega Mega Drive, Super Nintendo, mm. PlayStation 1, and Saturn. And that's it. And anything post that, I'm not saying it's not retro, but it starts losing my interest. Oh, really? Yeah. In the same, in the same way that my older friends are like, nah, anything past Commodore 64 might as mm. well be science fiction technology. <laughs> and they've no interest well, in it. Well, what like, about, so, the, the N64, would you... Yeah, yeah. N sixty four is kind of the the borderline. Yeah, N sixty four play Dreamcast, GameCube, kind of GameCube. No, never even seen one in real life. I've never seen a GameCube what? in real life. Really? Never seen one. Don't even a know what they look like. Picture a cube, right? Yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you've got it. Right, you've got it. I've got that's, oh, that's, that's actually right? quite descriptive. Then done. <laughs> we uh, we put a poll up on Instagram this week, Benjamin. We did. Tell, tell the listeners. Oh, yeah, that. sorry. <laughs> that would be that would be good, wouldn't it? Ladies yeah, yeah. and gentlemen, we, we, we're quite a big fan of the polls these days on a Monday. It's the Monday poll. Um, and this week we put up four retro consoles and we asked you, which one's the best? Which one's the best? We had the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. We yes. had the SNES, the yeah. Super Nintendo Entertainment System. We had the Sega Megacast. And we had a PlayStation oh, 1. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Was that on purpose? <laughs> That was on purpose, wasn't it? Look at your face. <laughs> Benjamin Colleby, you retract that this instant. I will not. I'm very upset. Look how red I am. Sega, Sega Megacast. Mega it's a classic. It's a classic <laughs> console. I used to play Sticks, Master of Shadows on them. Oh, God. In 2014, on the Sega Megacast, this is the most upsetting podcast I've ever been involved in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it was the Sega Mega Drive. Thank you. And who won, Ben? I don't have the results. PlayStation 1. Oh, did it? PlayStation 1 by a country mile, Michael. Get out of here. The PlayStation yeah. 1 over the NES, the SNES, and the Sega Megacast. Now, I had no, a SNES. Nisha, SNES no. was actually... Please don't let this catch on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. It has, its hooks are in. <laughs> I can't I had, live with this. Um, I had the uh, Sega Megacast, and I used to oh. watch um, Pennyworth, Batman's Butler origin story. <laughs> oh. um, and that was an old series from the 1960s. Oh, no. Um, it was great. It's um, set in the same world as V for Vendetta. And, um, <laughs> it's just a really, really great watch. And you get that real old grain and static yeah. on the screen. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I had the SNES, and that was the first console I ever got. My My grandparents went into... I think it was an early form of Rage games. Do you remember Rage here in Dublin? Yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah, Rage. Yeah. I think years and years ago, they went in and they said, we'd like to buy a console for our grandsons. And mm. the, the Rage lads were just like, well, we only do retro. Like, we only do old ones. And they were like, yeah, great. Give us whatever you have. And then um, they bought the SNES and they bought like a whole bunch of cartridges to go with it. So I had like... 
bizarre SNES ones like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Cool. And um, what was that one that we looked at, Michael? The fighting game? Mortal Kombat. Killer Instinct. No, it was Killer, Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct. We got, Mortal Kombat, we got Mortal Kombat 2 and Mortal Kombat 3. Mm. And we got Killer Instinct as well. And then we got a bunch of Kirby games mm. and a bunch of Mario games. Dead. Fucking great. Yeah. Deadly. The yeah. reason I know that it was Killer Instinct is because the last time you upset me by vaguely remembering a video game that you <laughs> played as a child yeah. was about the one where you're a knight... And you fight a man who's on fire, and I think there's a girl. Oh no, this is <laughs> remarkably accurate. This, it was Always remarkably accurate. Is it super and it ghouls and ghosts? You, you're talking about? it was killer instinct it was killer instinct as vague as a description that that is it turned out to be killer it was killer instinct I used to play it on the Sega Megacast Um, oh stop (laughs) it wasn't on the Sega Megacast we also asked um, for a few more suggestions Michael and of course one that we forgot we always ask you know what did we forget the Game Boy Michael of course an absolute classic an absolute classic one of my favourites the original Game Boy is a beautiful thing Game Boy Color it is. is even more beautiful. Game Boy, I had the Game Boy Color. Yeah. Yeah, I had the Game Boy Color and I got it in purple see-through that's so I could see all the wire and stuff. That's the one I have and I play. It's, well, my, favorite. it's my favorite there you one. Go. And what games did you have? What games did you have? I, so I, I was an idiot, right? When I, got, when I got the Game Boy Color, I went in with my dad with my communion money, yeah. right? And um, I was like, Dad, this is what I want to buy with my communion money. And he's like, all right, we'll go in and we'll take a look and we'll see if we can get this. Yeah. And my dad's a bit of a no-nonsense man. Right. So he was just like, what is it you want? And I was like, I want to get a Game Boy Color and I want to get Pokemon Red yes. and Pokemon Blue. Beautiful. Right? Oh, very good. And I wanted okay. both of them. Now, there's no difference in those fucking games except for one Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit and a this. cheat code or two. And <laughs> I went in and I came back with my two fucking Pokemon games, the exact same oh. game, basically, yeah. with a few mm. minor differences. Mm-hmm. And I played it for fucking ages. Yeah. And then I had loads of other ones. I had like... Um, I'm not going to remember any of them now, Nisha. I won't lie to you. Right. I just, right. I just won't remember them. Pokemon Red and Blue is is good enough. They're two of the best. I know they're they're kind of the same game, but um, two in my opinion, the best, possibly the best uh, Game Boy games of all time uh, hmm. would be po- in my opinion. Um, or maybe not the best. Maybe that's too uh, that's too harsh to say. My, my favorite, anyway, hundred percent. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. There'd be only there'd be very few contenders to knock them off. Maybe Zelda. Yeah. Maybe Wario. Link, Link's Awakening. Um, on yeah. the the Game Boy Color or Game Boy and Game Boy Color. I don't know if you've played uh, either of them or Link's Awakening, but uh, absolutely, just incredible game. Absolutely incredible game. The music, the layout, the gameplay. There's so many little Nintendo Easter eggs dropped in there, like characters who shouldn't be there who are in there. Absolutely fantastic, yeah, yeah, loads. There's like, there's the chain chomp from Super Mario Bros. Um, oh yeah. There's uh, Kirby is in there somewhere for some reason. Um, there's the the guy on the island who literally is Mario, but and he's called something very similar. But uh, yeah, there's a few little Easter eggs in there. But Link's Awakening is an absolutely amazing game on the Game Boy. There's famously a, a magical board you can use to contact Luigi. <laughs> And you just go, Luigi, can you tell me where the sword is? And he goes, no, I don't know where it is. Uh, Jesus Christ. And that's all it does. It's the famous Luigi board. 
Um, Michael, I would like to turn this into a deep dive podcast on Link's Awakening. Yes, I mean, yes. That's, let's that's, do it. That's, that's what I want. I, I really want to know, yeah, yeah. figure out why there was crossed universes mm. in this. It's a, the, I, I can tell you why. I can tell you exactly why, Ben. No, go on, tell I'll me tell why. Exactly go, why on, ben. go on, go on. Because, spoiler alert, okay, we're going to give, I don't know if we're going to play, either we're going to play, but for your listeners, if anyone is going to play Link's Awakening, spoiler alert, you have... I'm going to say that the, how it ends. Spoiler alert for a 32-year-old But see, the, I take this very seriously. I don't want to spoil it because <laughs> I only played it for the first time about two years ago and it fucking blew me away. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you how it ends. It's all a dream. Oh, I knew it. No. It's all a dream. And it's a very dark game, right? And I'll tell you why. It's it, it's disturbingly dark. It's almost borderline a horror game, right? Because what? you wake up on an island, Koholint Island, and you have to wake the wind fish who's in a giant egg on top of a mountain and to do so you have to get several musical instruments but when you wake up you meet the people on the island you become friends and you know you have your buddies and you meet all these characters if you wake up the fish they disappear they (gasps) die basically and to end the game you have to destroy the island it's almost like lost or something but what? Oh, yeah. This is... How fucking dark is that, huh? That's amazing. <laughs> I'm telling That's you, Ben. A... Nisha, do you want to start a, a podcast where we do a deep dive on Link's uh, Awakening? Yes, we'll call uh, it yes, Ben's Awakening. <laughs> Nisha teaches Ben about games. How to That'd play uh, Link's Awakening on the Megacast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll just get out the old... Dust off the old Megacast. <laughs> oh, this is and, very upsetting. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> That's very upsetting altogether. Waking the Windfish is actually what Ben calls it when I have too much prune juice. <laughs> <laughs> I get very farty. Um, Nisha, here's a question though for yeah. you. Have you were you, were you a gamer as a child who drifted away from it and came back, or was were you always a gamer? I yeah. So I started playing like the NES is the first one I can remember playing. So I can remember playing Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt on our beautiful little CRT TV. And I played the NES, the SNES, and I, I went along with the times. You know, I went, I got the modern. Whatever was coming out, the PS1, PS2, PS3, all that kind of crack. And, but I, I, I didn't stick with playing the older games. So I, I was always about current gen until right. about 10 years ago when I got a Super Nintendo and then just, you know, spiraled into a deep, dark addiction of retro video games. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very, very good. And I mean, one of the kind of side effects of I don't I I don't know I don't think we we don't have the time or uh, probably the energy to like do a critical analysis of why is retro popular mm-hmm. because it, it's not just popular in video games it's popular in um, for the first time ever I'm starting to see people collecting VHSs again yeah Me, uh, and, play, yeah. and play them on I'm one of those people <laughs> oh yeah what are you doing oh and do you know what I watched right I watched last week Ben you're going to love this you're going to love this Ben I watched the Super Mario Bros movie from 1993 nice <laughs> which you had a serious rant on recently yes and I did. thought it was fantastic yeah <laughs> it's a great film very sexy and creepy yeah, yeah. very sexy sleazy and creepy very good stuff <laughs> So it's a classic. Yeah, it is so a classic. I, I saw a fascinating thing about this, right? Mm. So Disney is kind of notorious for going back and erasing uh, things that they, they, they don't really like in their new digital media. So if you're watching mm-hmm. stuff on 
on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. you may be watching a re-edited or rejigged version of it. And the, one of the most recent ones to happen, and it's it's spotted by a guy who collects VHS mm. and does comparisons. Mm. It's he's just deep into like analog, and he's he really likes to kind of keep that kind of stuff alive. Mm-hmm. And what happened was they went back to Darby O'Gill. They've redubbed Darby O'Gill completely because his original accent is too Irish. What? So if you watch Darby O'Gill mm. on uh, Disney Plus, you have Darby O'Gill, but it's not the original actor's voice. No way! It is no a, way! It is a more American-friendly uh, Irish lilt. We've got to go and get those leprechauns. <laughs> Pretty much. So you'll it's never that. trick and, me, King of the Leprechauns. And this guy was incensed. Yeah. He was like, "No, yeah. that is not how Darby O'Gill sounds." And he gets out his Darby O'Gill VHS from back in the day, yeah. and he sticks it in the oven. He shows it. It's mental. Oh, I love it. So mental. is that is that one of the joys then of retro collecting that you're actually collecting old physical media? Well, I think I don't know. If, Mm, that's interesting. I one of the joys is fi- collecting physical media. I like. I'm a firm believer that it's going to be a thing of the past very soon. I think everything is going to be digital. Um, I, right. like I genuinely think it's. You see, unfortunately, shops closing down because they can't sell, be it CDs, movies, video games, everything, because everything is available at the click of a button online, and. <clears throat> I I I genuinely feel like you're uh, not to sound too highfalutin, but you're preserving a bit of history by uh, holding on to these games. Now, also, I just as a as a hobby, being a collector is my thing. You know, people collect stamps, they collect coins, whatever. I like collecting video games and VHS. I like collecting ones in the original box if possible. Um, but I I thought. Mm, Nostalgia is a big thing as well for for me though as to why I collect them. Mm. So, um, the kind of sense memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like picking something up and going, "This is what I used to yeah. do." Yeah, this is or this is something I never had a chance to do because video games were sixty pounds. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's games that I like. I would have looked at, and but obviously you might get like one or two games a year, and that's it. You're stuck with them, and you have to play them and enjoy them. But um, yeah, yeah, super thunderbird. <laughs> What game did you got a game on the on the Mega Drive or on the Mega Cast recently? <laughs> ah, you said the wrong, <laughs> the right one. You, I'm a, I, I, so we don't really talk about it very much here, but I am a, a fairly like I mean I'm not a big time collector, but I do collect. I do collect complete and box Sega Mega yes. Drive games. The most recent one I've been playing was uh, Shining in the Darkness. That's an expensive game. It was, that cost me about eighty euro. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Get it felt out ex- of town. Yeah, yeah, it felt expensive, but you know, it was a role playing game on a relatively large car- large cartridge, mm. so that probably would have cost about seventy, eighty pound when it came out originally. Mm-hmm. So we're at like a peak time of expense in terms of collecting for nineties and early two thousands consoles. Mm. It's expensive to be a Mega Drive Super oh, Nintendo absolutely. collector at the moment. It's super cheap to be a PlayStation Three collector, yeah, yeah, or a GameCube collector. You can. Yeah. You could get the whole catalogue for two quid each, except the super rare stuff. Yeah. But even looking at Mega Drive games that are super expensive now, they're, other than the ones which are mad prices, like four or five hundred euro, mm-hmm. and that's for lunatics. Mm. That's just for people who have more money than sense. Mm. I'm happy enough to pay for a video game now what it would have cost in the olden days. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of where I draw the line. Right. I, I won't pay double. I won't pay triple. Yeah. 
But, you know, if, if a game would have been £60 back in the olden days, I'll pay €80 Euro for a minute. Yeah. And I'll play mm. it. That's the thing, though. Yeah. And but a, a, a game like that one that you played is a big RPG. Like, how many hours do you reckon? Oh, I probably paid 40 hours. Yeah. Since. So there you go. So that's absolutely worth 80 quid. Like, you wouldn't yeah. get that off a. You might get a PS5 game for seventy nine ninety nine. I don't know what they cost, but it could take you 10 hours to complete. And then it's gone. Yeah, not yeah. far off seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, this well, I, I, it's, it's pretty bad. That's just the number that came to my head. I would I would assume it's about that. But you're paying that, and you're still getting a forty hours of a game. And have you played this game before, or what was it that drew you into this game? Funnily enough, I played it a couple of times. This was my sixth attempt to play. Oh, really? It. And the only time this might be this Ben stop us if this is getting too niche. No, no, but, I'm, I'm into it. But I never got into it. And do you want to know why I never got into it on this not a retro gaming podcast, mm. which is now a retro gaming mm. podcast? The reason I never got into it was I was still in too modern a mindset. Right. And this time when I was playing mm. it, I sat down and went, okay, there's no internet. Yeah. I can't look up cheats. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, look up maps. I'm going to sit down with my notepad and my pencil and I'm going to map every step of the way. And it took it from being a slog and a chore Mm. to being one of the most evocative exploration experiences I've ever had in a piece of media. Brilliant. And it was so much fun fighting every step of the way Mm. with the only goal being map more of this dungeon yeah. and every time I tried to play previously I'd looked up a guide on the internet and it says okay the, the sword of light can be found over here mm-hmm. in this corner mm-hmm. and you have to make your way to it and then every battle and every distraction felt like a pain in the arse because yeah. it's like I don't want random battles I want to get to the sword of mm-hmm. light but not knowing where the sword of the light was and having to f- crawl your way yeah. through every step of this dungeon, making your own handmade maps, making mistakes, yeah. rubbing them out with a little rubber on the backside of the pencil. Oh, one of the most sublime <sighs> 80 euros I've ever spent. You see you see that, how uh, how passionate you got there about talking about that game, and how happy and into it you are. That's why I love retro video games. That's what they do for me. And when I ask people about why Why do you like, like retro video games? And they get that passionate. Like, that was beautiful. That was a beautiful thing to hear from me. Like, I genuinely love hearing people get that passionate about their video games. And I saw you drawing that map. I saw you drawing that map. And I was like, did, yeah. I was like, that's so cool, though. Like, that is so cool to do. And that's why I genuinely think those games make a lot of people feel that passionate about them. I, I don't usually let so much of my real emotions out <laughs> on this podcast. It's usually just about being mean to Ben. I feel very I feel very exposed. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is my influence. I apologize. <laughs> what 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 games have made you feel like that then? It made me feel like emotional. What games yeah, what oh. games have given you that kind of joy? Oh, Pokemon. This Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Yellow then, which was like the the updated version of Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah. And you had the little Pikachu yeah, following you around. Yeah, so they basically uh, took more of the, the TV show adaptations because the game came out prior to the TV show. So then when obviously the TV show kind of took the world by storm, they decided to re-release the game again and have it as yellow. They originally released it as green and red in Japan and then it came out as red and blue in every other region. And then they released yellow, which was the updated version. But that game, like, it's pure joy that game brings me. Um, that, along with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, 
on the N64, which purely, it, a lot of it is nostalgic, but um, like playing that game, and like I still play that game uh, today, and absolutely adore when I'm playing it, like it's just, it's it's a beautiful game, it's a, it's a really good game, it's regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time, Ocarina of Time, and the, the, those two in particular, and one more, Super Mario Bros. 3 on the NES. The, mm-hmm. Those three, like the wizard. Yeah, the, those three games are just, they just hit me, you know what I mean? They get me, and I absolutely love playing them, and uh, yeah, they're the ones that move me, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> mm. I know I'm getting very uh, deep here, but this is what these games do to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I, I I probably have similar emotions like that to several Saturn games. Oh, yeah. Because that was when, that's when I was, like, Saturn was my peak of, I was a teenager, I didn't leave my room. Yeah. I played video games all the time. I was in video games. And there's probably any number of them that could just play, you play one or two bars of a, of a piece of music from one of those games and I'm just back straight yeah. away. I've just gone, oh, well, that's incredible. Uh, you only, I only need to see a flash of it on a screen. Mm. And I go, oh, that was a time I was eating chili nachos yeah. and like trying to find the last fairy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it just brings those sense memories yeah, back yeah. straight oh, away. The Saturn's a console that has always intrigued me. I've, I haven't played much of it or got into it very much, but it does intrigue me because I haven't played a lot of it so uh Mm. Yeah, Nisha, you know where I live. Yes, I do. I do. You'll be <laughs> sorry you told here. me. <laughs> Other listeners also might know where I live, but please don't show up unannounced. Yeah, no, that's that's more of a book in advance kind of gig. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah Nisha's fine. Like, we know Thank each other. You. It's great. Thank you, Ben. What about you? I know you're not mad into video games, yeah, but you told yeah. us about the. I remember you telling me at the last time I was on your podcast, which was. About four years ago, about, maybe even about five, about five yeah. years, ago. possibly five. You were telling you you told me the story of how you got that SNES console and you had the Mortal yeah. Kombat's and stuff like that. Was that kind of the end of your video game journey? Or um, I know you played Sticks on the PS4, but what's? I still don't believe that. To be honest, <laughs> I've picked up random games over the years. Yeah, um, and I, I kind of go through bouts with them where right. it's just like, it's it's a real like hyper fixation for a period of time mm-hmm. and then I, I kind of drop them again yeah. you know and it depends on it depends on which ones I pick up and which ones I, I give a go to mm-hmm. but like um, the Batman games were huge for me the Batman um, but even before the Arkham games I, I was obsessed with Batman the animated series and cool. they brought out a few of them for PlayStation 2 Yeah, there was um, Batman Vengeance was one of them nice. and you played as the Batman animated series Batman in a kind of a Joker driven noir adventure that was great crack cool. I really liked that um, and then they came up with a really I wouldn't say it was racist but looking back it's a problematic game it was Sounds Batman racist, ben. Go on. Sounds like this is going to be racist. No, it's going to be bad. <laughs> uh, it was it was Batman and the Rise of Sin Tzu. And Sin Tzu was a, a play on Sun Tzu, the Chinese warlord guy that wrote The Art of War. Um, but he was Sin Tzu because mm-hmm. he was evil. And you knew that ah. because Sin was in the name. Yes, yes. Um, ah. <laughs> but you would fight like loads of different villains and you could play as all uh, like four members of the Bat family. You could be Batman, Nightwing, Robin or Batgirl. Cool. Um and each one had like different moves and different things you could do and I really really love those and then the Arkham games came out and I was just hooked I was like this is absolutely you feel like Batman in those games yeah, yeah. like 
the the combat system they built in the the way they brought the villains in as bosses and you have to do different things i just thought it was slick yeah. i just thought it was absolutely class yeah um and then in terms of the retro stuff it's uh i used to play loads of superhero stuff i was just mad for superhero games so i had like different spider-man games cool. for the game boy and um, castlevania was one i was obsessed oh, nice, with i got yeah. the game boy advanced um and they brought out a bunch of castlevania ports mm-hmm for that mm. and um, I remember really really enjoying them so I got a bunch of them and then I played Wario Land 3 <laughs> until I broke the buttons on a Game Boy Advance serious like, yeah absolutely yeah I don't know That's what hardcore. it was that drew me like to it. Wario of all people yeah. but I loved that he was an evil Mario mm-hmm. I was like this is cool yeah. I don't know what this is I don't get any of the the, the stuff about it Um and that, that probably triggered like a lifelong love of backstories and things for me oh cool because I love I, I don't know if you listen to it much, but I love the lore of things. I love like digging into where stuff comes from yeah. and why it comes. Wario broke my little brain because I was like, who is Wario? Yeah. Why is he an evil version of Mario? Yeah. What is going on? It was bizarre. And yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, so it's triggered a lot of stuff. Do you not, can I recommend a, a YouTube channel to you if you're you into lore and the background? It's literally in his name is The Gaming Historian. I don't know if you've ever watched him. I haven't. But he explains, like, the background to, like, very niche items in gaming and characters and, say, Sonic and Mario and this and that. But his videos, for I personally, I absolutely love watching his videos because he gives you the background and very interesting stories and stuff. He does a lot of research, so I'd highly recommend I'll send you a link later on. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, yeah that sounds great. It's fantastic. Yeah. We have just discovered on the podcast today that Benjamin Colopy has a lot more retro gaming cred than he's been letting on. <laughs> Breaking Game Boy Advances yeah. playing Wario yeah. 3. I, been keeping that, that under wraps, Colopy. Huh? Very keeping that under wraps. <laughs> Let's wrap it up then, Benjamin. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, what is your favourite game on the Sega Megacast get in oh. touch with us in the podcast in a few different places and let us know you can find us on the interwebs at www.seomrabeog.com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-e-a-g.com it means tiny room in Irish it does indeed you can find us on Instagram at your luxury listen podcast it means sure look, sure listen podcast, but this time in English. It does. You can also find us on bloody TikTok. We're up on TikTok at sure look, sure listen podcast as well, so you can find us up there. Um, but the best place to come yeah. and chat to us about all things retro gaming and other things um, is to get up on the Discord. Hop up on that Discord. It's down below. Hop up on it like it's the 1970s and you're going to the Continental Hotel. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But ladies and gentlemen, the number one thing that you should do after listening yes. to this podcast and having a wonderful, warm, fuzzy feeling at all the retro gaming joy, is go and check out Nisha O'Hare's podcast. Press any button to continue. It's linked below in the description. Thank you very much for those kind words. It's very important, very important. <laughs> Nisha, thank you very much for coming on to our podcast and teaching me all about various retro gaming things. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, I had a great time. It was a very interesting conversation. And I'm so impressed that you broke the buttons on a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm My father away. was not. <laughs> no, probably quite upset. He was quite upset. And thank Young Benjamin Colopy, you after breaking another one of those Game Boy Advances. <laughs> and the, 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 the mega cast is never going to die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. 
Oh yeah. no, it's Megacast Day. Maybe that's what we can call our podcast, Nisha. Megacast. Yeah. We'll call it Megacast. It's a great name for a podcast, actually. Yeah. This it actually fucking is, isn't it? It's a great name. Sega Megacast. This could be the podcast. worst. Oh no. This could be the worst thing that ever happened to me. You've, you've said Sega Megacast to the one person who has the reach in the retro gaming community to make, <laughs> to make that happen. I am going to make this. You could make this that happen, Ben. podcast. Yeah. He could make that happen. People could call it the Sega Megacast. We could have a generation coming up. A generation of people Keith's age. Yes. Going, oh yeah, I'm playing that Sega Megacast all the time. I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, they get don't it out even there. know it's a Get joke. it out there. You know what you have to do, Nisha. Yeah. You know what you have to do. Very upsetting. Nisha, thank you very much. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you all next Tuesday.